This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue with our series called Building Character. In these teachings, Pastor Rick teaches us why it's important for us to mature in our faith. He shows us how to continually grow and develop spiritually so we can become more like Jesus. Before we get started, we want to let you know that very generous friends of the ministry are offering a $100,000 matching grant. That means that every dollar you give right now to help Daily Hope share the hope of Jesus around the world will be matched up to $100,000, making your gift go twice as far. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with the final part of a message called, Making Hard Changes in Me. Let's go to the third step that we find in Ephesians chapter 4. The third key to real change is this. Real change requires what I call cleaning house. Real change requires cleaning house. Now, depending on what you need to change or what you want to change, um, then depends on what you're going to clean, okay? If you want a healthy body, maybe there's some junk food you need to throw out. All Throw the, all that out, in, out of your kitchen if you want a healthy body. If you want a healthy mind, Maybe you need to unsubscribe to some magazines. Maybe you need to block some channels. Maybe you need to turn off the TV and uh, the Netflix or whatever. If you want a healthy schedule, what do you need to clean house there? Well, there's eliminate some less important activities. You're going to clean house in your schedule. What if you say, well, I want a clean heart? Then maybe you need to do some spring cleaning in your heart and spend the time saying, God, what do I need to confess to you? And Augustine once said that the confession of bad works is the beginning of good works. So step three is house cleaning. The Bible says it like this in Ephesians chapter four, verse 22. So get rid of your old self, which made you live as you used to. The old self that was being destroyed by its deceitful desires. Another verse that talks about that is Ephesians, excuse me, Hebrews 12, verse one. We must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially any sin that distracts us so we can run the race that lies ahead of us. Now, that verse is saying that we've got to clean house. And when you clean house, it means you're, you're throwing stuff out. I don't know what that means to you, but I want you to think about these verses. Go home and reread these two verses we just looked at and practice this step, all right? Let's move on to step four. Step four in real change is this. Real change requires honest community, honest community. Now, there are some things that you're never gonna be able to change on your own. You're gonna need people in your life uh, for support. You're gonna need a small group that can be uh, gut level authentic with you. Some of the things in your life have to be team tackled. You know, it's like in a football game, sometimes a, a, a player, opposing player is so big, you can't pull him down by yourself. There are some problems in your life you need to team tackle. And that's where you need a small group. And, but it's not just a normal small group, it's a small group where you're gut level authentic, where you can talk about 
the areas of your life where you're weak, where you have a defect, where you have a problem, uh, uh, an inborn pattern. Now, that you don't have that kind of intimacy right up front when you first start a small group. But as you get together and you begin to trust each other and you develop a safe environment, now you're going to have people in your life who can help you change areas that you can't change on your own. Here's a verse about this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. So if you lie to each other, you end up lying to yourself. He says, if we're, in, if we're all in the body of Christ, if I lie to you, I'm really lying to myself. You know, friends, we waste an enormous amount of energy just pretending, just pretending to be people that we're really not. Listen closely. If you are serious about changing things in your life that have seemed to be unchangeable, if you're serious about growing in Christ, if you're serious about removing some of the defects and some of the weaknesses and some of the things you don't like about yourself, you're going to have to face your fear. And what is that fear? You're going to have to face your fear of being honest with a few other people because that's the only way you're gonna be able to change. You won't do it on your own. If you could, you would, but you can't, so you won't. You need other people. You've tried doing it by yourself and it didn't work. You see, friends, our biggest hurdle to growth, our biggest hurdle to maturity, our biggest hurdle to holiness, to Christ-likeness, you know what it is? It's our desire to look good. And if my desire to look good takes precedence over actually being good, then it gets in the way. But when you're in a, when you're in a little Bible study group of three or four or five or six friends where you don't have to look good, where it's okay to, you know, just to be yourself, now you're in a place of safety where you can actually grow. You know, the group that I'm in right now, I think we've been together 16, maybe up to 20 years. I don't ever remember, but it's been a long, long time. And, you know, we were talking the other day that I think every one of us in our group have fallen asleep in small group at least one time, me many times. But, you know, that's actually a compliment because it says, uh, I, I trust the people around me enough that it's a safe enough place. I could fall asleep and drool and they wouldn't care. <laughs> now, the small group should be one place where you can be real. And that's what that verse was talking about. Let me give you another one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says there, be kind, be kind and loving to each other, forgiving each other, just as God forgave you in Christ. That ought to be happening in a small group. You know, when you make a mistake, then the, the, the world doesn't, the world basically reemphasizes it and makes it a big deal, but the church says, no, it's not a big deal. We're here with you. We're gonna help you through this. We're gonna walk you through this. That's what a good small group will do. Verse 29 in Ephesians chapter four says this. It's a, it's a, guideline for small groups. It's a guideline for authentic or honest community. It says, never use harmful words, but speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. In other words, I don't say what I need to say. I, see what other, I say what other people need to hear according to their needs, not my needs. 
Always, it says, never speak words that are, are harmful. Speak only helpful words that build others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know what? We'd have a lot fewer problems in the world if everybody followed that verse. You know, some of you are not in a small group yet. You need to be in a group for your own spirituality, your own maturity, your own spiritual health. And for those of you who've never been in a group, let me just quickly go over the four ground rules uh, of Saddleback small groups. Here they are. I actually put them there on your outline. Number one, what is said in the group stays in the group, okay? That's confidentiality. So in my group, I share stuff with my small group. They would never share it with anybody else. And they've told me things that I would never share with anybody else. What is said in the group stays in the group. Second rule of a small group is you don't minimize other people's pain. You don't say, well, okay, I, I, I had that pain and it wasn't a big deal or, or you know, what, don't minimize other people's pain. Number three, don't try to fix people. When somebody starts sharing a, a, an area of weakness or a defect or a fault or a problem or a sin or a temptation, you just listen. You don't try to fix people. You just listen. That's what, there's the healing power of your ear. And then number four, the fourth ground rule is I focus on my own changes. I don't focus on changing you. That's not the goal of my group. The goal of my group is I focus on changing me and you're focusing on changing you, but we're helping each other all along. You need authentic honest community if you're going to make the most difficult changes in your life. Now, let me give you another one. This may catch you by surprise. Number five, faster change. If you want to change faster, faster change requires coaching. What do you mean by that? It means more than even a group. You've got one person who holds you accountable, a coach, a tutor, a trainer, uh, a mentor, somebody who's going to check up on you and, and will help you make that progress and growth. Not just a group, but one specific person. You don't need five coaches, but you do need one. You need everybody. You know, even superstars need coaches. The top singers have voice coaches. And the top Olympic athletes have Olympic athlete coaches. The top CEOs have CEO coaches. Even superstars need quote, coaches. They help you maximize your strengths and they help you minimize your weaknesses. When you go through the Bible, you find this principle of mentorship or tutoring or coaching or you know, encouraging somebody along. You find it all through the Bible. Did you know Joshua was mentored and coached by Moses? Elisha was mentored and coached by Elijah. Solomon was mentored and coached by David, and David was mentored and coached by Samuel. The 12 disciples were mentored and coached by Jesus. One of those disciples was named John. John mentored and coached a guy named Polycarp. It's kind of a strange name, but he's a great Christian. And Polycarp mentored and coached a guy named Irenaeus. That's three generations. Paul mentored and coached Timothy and a bunch of other people. In fact, look at this verse on the screen right now. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It says this. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to now take the things that I've taught you, and I want you to pass them on to other faithful men who will be able to pass them on to others. Now, that verse has four different 
generations in it. Paul says, I taught you, I mentored, I coached you. Now, Timothy, you mentor and coach faithful men who will then mentor and coach other faithful men. And faithful women can mentor and coach faithful women. You're listening to me right now, and you know you're benefiting from the 11 coaches I've had over my lifetime, spiritual coaches who at different points in my life helped me grow in different areas. I've always had a spiritual coach in my life who was giving me input, who was holding me accountable, who was testing me and checking me, loving me, encouraging me, but confronting me when I needed to it. Now, in the Bible, it tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, that God has given five different kinds of coaches. That's my word for it. Coaches to his church. Five different groups of, uh, of people who can, can mentor, can coach, can teach. It says this in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Christ gifted some of us to be apostles or prophets or evangelists or pastors and teachers. And, here, and what are these five groups of coaches for? So that his people, God's people, would learn to serve and his body would grow strong. And this will continue until we're united by our faith and understanding of the Son of God. And then we'll be mature, just as Christ is, and we will be completely like him. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle the word learn and circle the word grow and circle the word strong. Learn, grow, and strong. If you want to learn, if you want to grow, if you want to be strong, you need not just a small group. You need to get a mentor. You need to get a partner. You need to get a spiritual friend. You need to get an accountability partner. If you're serious about your life and making the most of it, then you need to get a coach or a training partner for your spiritual life. And, and you know, you say, well, I don't know anybody who's that mature. They only have to be one step ahead of you. They don't have to be perfect. There are no perfect mentors or trainers or coaches or disciplers, but they're just one step ahead of you. That's the fifth key. Now, there's one more key to making real change in your life, and this is really bedrock. Number six, real change requires faith. It requires faith. You have to believe that you can be different with God's help. You have to believe that you can change with God's help. You have to believe that God can transform you with his spirit and with his word and with your choices. And with those three things lined up, that you can be different. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 gives us an encouraging word about that. It says this, Now, by his mighty power at work within us, God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers or desires or thoughts or hopes. That's the Living Bible Translation. He says, God is able to do more. I don't know about you. I can think of some big things. God says, Rick, think of the biggest thing I could do in your life, and I can beat that. I can, I can go beyond that. What am I saying here? That this sixth principle is with all these other five I've just given you from Ephesians 4, you must believe that you can change with God's power. If you don't believe that, none of the others work. It's all faith-powered. Philippians 4.13, you know that verse. I can do all things through Christ 
who empowers me, who strengthens me. I am ready for anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I love that in the Amplified. I'm ready for anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. Circle the, the phrase can do. He says, I can do anything with Christ's power in me. That's a can-do attitude. And that's the attitude you ought to have toward your own spiritual growth this next year. Why? Because Jesus tells us that in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. You get to choose how much you change this next year. You get to choose how much God blesses your life. You get to choose how many character qualities are strengthened and how many character defects are weakened in your life. You get to choose according to your faith, it will be done unto you. Now, think about this. If you want change in your life, you gotta start with your mind, You've got to let the Holy Spirit change you. How? By getting into the word every day, by letting truth change you. You need to be in a group. It's not going to happen on your own. You need to get a a mentor, a partner, an accountability partner, a sponsor, a a, a friend, you know, a discipler. You need to get somebody like that. And then you need to believe that it can happen, that change can be done. The things in your life that you never thought could change, can change. I have seen people totally transformed by applying these six truths in their lives. I hope you'll do that this week. I hope you'll review that this week. This is what it means to rethink your life. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I want to thank you for your word that it's so clear, it's so accurate, it's so helpful, so practical. And I pray that every one of us this week will begin by first challenging our thoughts and saying, how do I need to think about that defect in a new way, that problem in a new way, that that area of my life that keeps causing conflict in my relationships? Lord, help me to see myself as I really am and, and to be honest and open about it. And then, Holy Spirit, give me the strength and the power through your word as I read the word, apply the truth to my life, Make it a difference in my life. Replace the tension with truth. Transform me with the truth of the word. And then, Lord, may we look to uh, others and realizing that your plan is that we, we get grace by being humble. And your plan is that other people can help me grow in areas and help me team tackle a, a problem in my life. Lord, I thank you for ministries in our church where people are helping each other in this kind of way, in so many ways, like Celebrate Recovery and so many other programs where people are helping each other. May we each find a, a, a challenge, a, a mentor, a, 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 a pace setter in our lives that would cause us uh, to be one, to be one, who's one step ahead of us, would cause us to keep on growing and give them permission to be honest about things we need to work on in our lives. Most of all, I pray that everyone who's listening will have a spirit of faith and realize I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means I can change things that have been bad patterns in my life. I don't have to stay the same. Thank you for the good news of the gospel of grace that I don't have to stay the same. With their heads bowed, if you have not opened your life to Jesus Christ, would you do so right now? That's the first step to get God's power in your life. 
Say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Come into my life and fill me with your love. I want to learn to follow you and trust you and love you. And I humbly ask you to come into my life in your name. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. If you just prayed to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, congratulations. You're now my brother or sister in the Lord, and you need to tell somebody. And why don't you tell me? Write to me, rick at pastorrick.com. Just email me, rick at pastorrick.com, and tell me your story. I would love to read it. And by the way, I'll send you some free material to help you start in your new journey with the Lord. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We've got some incredible news to share with you. Very generous friends have given a $100,000 matching grant to this ministry. That means all this month, every dollar you give to help Daily Hope share the transforming love of Jesus with people around the world will be matched up to $100,000. Here's Rick to tell you more. Let's be honest about this time of year. At the end of every year, there are so many ministries that ask for you to support them in the end of year giving. And you know what? We believe in every ministry that proclaims the name of Jesus, and we thank God for them. And I know it can be difficult to decide who to give to. So let me just give you some biblical foundations for giving, some simple guidelines for end of year giving. You might think of these three or four things. Number one, give to the ministry that God tells you to support. Go to God, pray to him, ask him, say, God, who do you want me to support? And you know what? I support you giving to whoever God tells you to give to. And if it's not daily hope, I still support you to give to who God tells you to give to. So pray and ask God. Second, never give when you feel pressured. The Bible says in Corinthians that we are to never give under pressure or compulsion or under guilt. So if you ever feel guilty about giving, don't give because God tells you in the word not to give at that time. Give because you want to give, not out of guilt or pressure. Number three, give to where you support and believe in the goals of that particular ministry. Now, every ministry has different goals. You know the goals of Daily Hope. Our goal is ultimately to take the good news, the gospel, to the 3,000 tribes left in the world that have no Bible, no believer, and no body of Christ, no church. This is the final frontier. That's our goal. It's called the Great Commission. Now, other churches and other ministries have other goals, and that's fine. Some only have the goal of just preaching in America. That's nothing wrong with that. But if you believe in and have a heart for going to the last, the least, and the lost. This would be a ministry you should consider supporting because I don't know others that are doing what we're doing, trying to go to these final 3,000 tribes. And then finally, give where your gift will be multiplied. For instance, at the end of every year, there is a donor to Daily Hope who offers to give a matching grant to apply to any donation that we receive before the end of the year. Now, what this means is that for every dollar you're able to give this month to Daily Hope, it's going to be doubled. That donor will match it. That multiplies your gift, like the little boy who brought his loaves and fishes to Jesus, and Jesus fed the 5,000. If you give $25 to uh, Daily Hope this month, the matching grant will match it at $25. If you're able to give $100, the matching grant will add another $100. That multiplies your gift. 
I would consider that as a factor in where to give during this month. Now, let me just say this. If you can't help us financially, that's okay. I understand, but I would ask that you pray for us. I'm so grateful for those of you who are a financial supporter of this ministry, that monthly giving, month after month. It means so much to me. It it, it means much to God, but it means so much for eternity to those who are hearing the good news for the very first time. You know I don't take any salary or any income from this ministry. I serve it for free. And so you and I are partners together in reaching people for Christ all around the world. In closing, let me just ask you to continue to pray. Pray for me as I pray for you. And pray that God's word will be taught clearly, with compassion, with clarity, uh, with simplicity in this new year. And that it will not only help you as you listen to these broadcasts, but it will help us reach people for Christ and disciple believers and build churches all around the world, especially in the tribes that have never heard the name of Christ. Thanks for your generosity. Thanks for your prayers. And God bless you. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word daily to 800-600-5004. We'll say thanks by sending you the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word daily to 800-600-5004. Thank you so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.